Well, Danny, the year's almost over, so it felt like the perfect time to take a look back at all of our judge and jury protagonists and ask the time-old question, where are they now? Hello and welcome to all of you to Not Another Business Podcast, our final episode of 2022, uh, where we break down business news and cultural events according to rules we have entirely made up. I'm KJ Miller, CEO and co-founder of Minted Cosmetics. And I'm Daniela Dektar-McCarthy, ex-corporate lawyer and current general counsel at Ness. And fun fact, KJ and I have been friends since our Harvard acapella days because we are just that cool. Disclaimer, the views we express today are our own and not those of our companies. Today on the show, we're going back in time and revisiting all of our judge and jury segments. These are some of your favorite segments, so hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. We're going to dive into what has happened since those episodes aired. Yeah, and I think um, some pretty juicy updates we've got here. I was a little surprised when putting together the notes for the show. Some of this I had kind of caught wind of, some of this... I hadn't, so, you know, some some juicy updates we got going on. We will do that right after our shameless plug. All right, Danny, what in the world are you plugging this week? I am plugging the Nest card. It is the first health and wellness credit card that rewards you for healthy actions you're already taking. You get six X points on health and wellness spend. That's merchants that are, are healthy. And two X points everywhere else. That's pretty good multipliers. And we have an amazing health and wellness rewards marketplace for you to redeem those points on, plus some pretty good always-on benefits. Head on over to nestwell.com to check out the Nest card and see if it's right for you. KJ, how about you? I am plugging Minted Cosmetics, and this week in particular, I want to shout out our retail partner, Target, where you can get all of our best-selling lip products and our best-selling brow products. Um, I was at my parents' neighborhood Target the other day. A lot of things were sold out. I'm going to be real with you, Uh, but but you should still make your way on over there because we might still be in stock at your local Target. So head over to Target or to MintedCosmetics.com to pick up your perfect hue. And let's get back to the show. Okay, so let's dive right in. For those of you who've been with us since the beginning, you know that our very first judge and jury segment was on the Prime Minister of Finland. I was pretty pleased with that judge and jury segment. Um, You know, the Prime Minister of Finland, her name is Sana Marin. Back in August, she was in hot water because she had a video that was leaked of her dancing with some of her friends in her home. And many felt that the behavior was not appropriate for that of a political leader. KJ, what is the update here? Well, 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 this was one of the ones that took me by surprise because apparently there was a formal investigation launched by (laughs) Finland's Mm -hmm. attorney general or or the equivalent of their attorney general into her behavior. And in November, Marin was cleared of any wrongdoing. And as you recall, both you and I said, this was not bad judgment. People should be allowed to dance with their homegirls in their living rooms. Um, and it really was a shame that she had to endure, you know, not only public scrutiny, but also a formal investigation. But from a website called Euronews.com, I read that the Finnish attorney general 
carried out an investigation into Marin's social life after receiving several complaints that accused her of taking time off without arranging a deputy to cover for her and being unable to fulfill the responsibilities of her job. However, he found that the complaints couldn't be upheld because they did not specify what duties Marin might have left unfulfilled and which of her duties might have been jeopardized while she was drinking, singing, and dancing at a private house party. That's a direct quote. I just, it is <laughs> wild to me that an investigation had to be launched, um, but it was, and she was cleared. What What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, look, I mean, in retrospect, I'm sure the people of Finland are not pleased with their use of taxpayer dollars. Um, this is a waste. <laughs> you know, I can understand if if the idea was to look into potential criminal drug use. I think that was maybe some of the initial uh, the initial conversation around an investigation. But what it became, you know, was she really derelict of her duties? I think people saw that she was actually quite a good prime minister outside of this one house party event. So it was ridiculous at the time. It's ridiculous still. I hope that uh, she no longer speaks to the person who leaked the video and we can all go on doing our jobs. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next update. As some of you may remember in our third episode, we looked at some drama involving Nicki Minaj fans and their online harassment of one of her naysayers, Kimberly Nicole Foster, who we should mention went to Harvard with us. Um, Kimberly had filed suit against Nicki Minaj fans who doxed her online. KJ, what is the update? Well, in this particular instance, I actually couldn't find an update on the lawsuit itself other than mm -hmm. it appears as though the lawsuit is still ongoing. And Kim did tweet that she could no longer talk about it because of the legal proceedings. So I can't speak to the lawsuit. What I can speak to is uh, Kimberly Nicole Foster and Nicki Minaj. So from what mm -hmm. I can see, it looks like Kim is out here thriving. Okay. It does not look like she has skipped a beat. Um, she has been putting out content with regularity and, you know, mm. I've known Kim for a very long time. Um, and while I do follow her on Twitter, I never really dug into her content, I, you know, I, not for any reason other than I just, I'm not a big like blog person, but because mm -hmm. we were doing this episode, I decided to go down the rabbit hole and watch a few of her videos, see if she mentioned anything about the court proceedings. And she did not, but I will say I found her videos to be very compelling. Like, I think it's a difficult thing mm. to sit and talk to no one. Like, it's just her. Every now and then she'll have a guest <laughs> right. on. But it's just her talking about yeah. things, you know, for, for upwards of 30, 45 minutes at a time. And it's compelling. So, you know, I, I to me, she appears to be thriving. And, you know, good for her. It doesn't look like this lawsuit has hurt her. On the other hand, and I don't want any of the barbs to come after me. So I'm going to say this as diplomatically mm -hmm. as possible. But on the other hand, I, I don't know what Nicki Minaj is out here doing other than it seems like she's out here picking fights with everybody. And, mm. you know, given her stature, I don't know why, but it looks, I mean, she's gotten into fights with every other female rapper, you know, first it was Cardi B then, you know, now it's Lotto. I think there was a Megan the Stallion jab in there at some point. Like, why? You know, like your career, yeah. your stature, it doesn't make any sense. So I got to say, to me, it looks like Kimberly, Kimberly Nicole Foster exhibited some good judgment. And it doesn't appear to be hurting her. Whereas I, it's just, it's hard to say what 
Nicki Minaj is out here doing and why? What 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 do you think? Well, I have a I have a follow-up question, which is I think one of the one of the things we talked about in our third episode was the potential deterrent effect that filing the lawsuit would have. Does mm-hmm. it seem like Nicki Minaj fans have kind of slowed on their, you know, attack of Kimberly Nicole Foster, whether it be because of the lawsuit or because they have other people to attack now? It's a good question. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I do feel like the barbs have been a bit quieter of late. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think it's possible that filing that suit had an, the intended effect of, you know, keeping people from doxing and behaving really, really uh, inappropriately towards, um, you know, just just because they've said something you don't like about someone you're a fan of. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it may have had its intended effect. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I think the judgment stands. Good judgment. Judgment stands. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, up next, we are talking about influencer Michaela Noguera. I might be mispronouncing her last name. So as you recall, when I was in Italy, we did a little mini-sode because I was traveling. Um, And that episode was also just a judge and jury. And it was all about Michaela. So for those of you who don't know, she is a wildly popular beauty influencer. She's got something like 13 million followers on TikTok. And a few months ago, she was in hot water because an old video surfaced where she was talking about how hard it is to be an influencer. And the clip of that video that surfaced was just a quote of her saying, I literally just finished work and it's 519. Try being an influencer for a day. Try it. Um, and people didn't love that. So what's what's the update here, Danny? Yeah, so she's back in hot water after a new incident. <laughs> this time um, it was at a restaurant. I don't know what it is with 2022 and people being rude to waiters. I guess people are always rude to waiters because this is giving me James <laughs> James Corden vibes. Yes, but um, yes. yeah, there was a video that was released um, where, you know, there are allegations that Michaela and her family were quite rude and standoffish when they went to a restaurant for dinner. Um, Michaela responded to the video essentially saying, sorry, I have bad social anxiety. I get nervous in public. I wasn't trying to be rude. She also currently DM'd the waiter on Instagram and apologized that she didn't have a good experience, um, but then later deleted the comments and blocked the waiter and responded to other posts saying the waiter was lying and clout chasing. So, uh bit of confusion there. Um, Uh Yeah. What do you Uh think in terms of judgment? I mean, for my part, I think the it's never good when you're flip-flopping, you know, doesn't inspire confidence. Yeah. Never, never good when you're flip-flopping. And it just sort of feels like, you know, if I, if I were, if I had to put myself in Michaela's shoes, my guess is what happened was, was she a bit standoffish, potentially border bordering on rude? Yes. And did she feel bad about that? Yes. But did this waiter potentially make it a bigger deal than it needed to be? Also probably yes. And so Michaela both felt bad about there being this negative exchange and annoyed and frustrated that someone blew something up that is a fairly everyday occurrence, right? We're not all sunshine and roses all the time. And so I think that might, this is me being as generous as I can to interpret these, these two you know, flip-flops of events. Um, And so that might explain why she responded one way and then responded another way. Ultimately, what I think is that Michaela's still very young. I think she's 23. 
Um, and, and she's still very new to being essentially so famous. Uh, you know, I think she joined TikTok in 2020 and I think really started taking off in 2021. So we're talking about two years of even just the ability to be recognized out and about and as someone who's very young. And I think she just hasn't gotten the hang of it. You know, I think she hasn't gotten the hang of how to deal with the new stresses and stressors of being famous, being an influencer, being recognized, you know, do, you know, being always on those things. So I, you know, I think that's as generous as I can be in my interpretation. I don't think she's necessarily a bad person. I don't think we have enough evidence to suggest mm-hmm. that she's just a fully bad person. Um, but I think she's got to, she's got to learn and she got to learn faster. Frankly, I think she needs to learn faster how to mm. deal with these sorts of things because it's just it's not looking good. But what are what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not just the incident themself itself, but also how you handle it afterwards. You know, I think on the one hand, and I'll and I'll contrast this with James the James Corden incident, which maybe our listeners know about where he was rude to the waiter. And then a million people followed up saying like, well, this guy's an asshole. He's rude to everyone. You know, we haven't necessarily seen that reaction with Michaela. And maybe it's because Michaela just isn't as well known, or maybe it's because she's not an asshole and she was just having a bad day. Um, Whatever it is, I think, you know, the, the follow-up in her case, I think was unfortunate. Similar in James Corden's case, he was like, well, the internet is horrible. Like you can't blame the internet after you're, you know, like, yeah, that's not the, that's not the the appropriate response. So right. I think, yeah, she should learn a little bit faster that, you know, h- how to deal with the fame in the initial instance when you might be really annoyed and afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think she has time. I think she has time to get there. So I, I still am optimistic that she can. Yeah, I like that. I'm optimistic as well. All right. So next, uh, and this might be the juiciest for me personally, <laughs> Bethany Frankel, what a world wi- whirlwind she has been on in Ooh. 2022, particularly Ooh. with her social media journey. Earlier this year, uh, you know, we could have talked about a number of incidents for yes. her and judge and jury, actually. But the one <laughs> we talked about was her um, catching flack for, for sending a cease and desist letter to a smaller influencer named Meredith Lynch, who had put two and two together with respect to Bethany's moves on social media um, and, you know, thought that Bethany was making all of these um, makeup reviews with a particular intent to monetize later on. Uh, People thought the cease and desist letter was bullying. You know, I think we agree that it probably wasn't the best move and was an indication of Bethany not really understanding the kind of TikTok audience. Uh, What's the update? Well, 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 I tell you, I don't know if I've seen someone handle the TikTok social media machine as poorly as Bethany Frankel. So, I mean, first of all, as it relates to that particular situation, I mean, she doubled and tripled down on her decision to send the cease and desist letter. She mm-hmm. made videos basically saying, like, you're an idiot if you think I'm not going to you know, protect my brand. She started calling out other um, semi-famous reality show folks for, you know, calling her out. She just, you know, she really just, like, went all in on that. Mm-hmm. Then, <laughs> shortly thereafter, she announced a new podcast 
mm-hmm. called Rewives. And this is a mm-hmm. podcast where she is recapping episodes of The Real Housewives. Now, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, there are a million different Housewives <laughs> recap podcasts out there. But mm-hmm. she swore up and down that this was so different from mm-hmm. every other recap, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, when I say social media ate her alive for this, because including, mind you, Andy Cohen, the executive producer. Yes. <laughs> Bravo. Everyone said, one, this is an original. Two, why are you doing this when you've spent all of this time trying to distance yourself from Real Housewives? All of this time saying that it was toxic and that, you know, you had to get out of there, you had to get away, but now you're coming back you know, obviously to make money off of this show mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just no one, no one thought it made sense. But again, she doubled and tripled down and said, Oh, it's the best show. It's so different. It's, it's number one on the charts. She start she started saying it was number one on the charts after she'd released one episode, which obviously means right. nothing. Right? right. So social media hated that. And then to sort of, to top it all off, she recently announced multiple paid beauty partnerships, one with Laura Geller, one with um, CoverGirl, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Those are the two that I've seen. But this is after she has spent pretty much the better part of this entire year doing beauty reviews and getting very popular on TikTok for her beauty reviews and basically saying, you know, you can trust my reviews because I'm not a a paid influencer. Those guys are just trying to sell you shit. I'm not. This is my honest you know, unbiased opinion. No one's paying me. This is just like, I'm, I'm spending the money so you don't have to. And now she's getting paid. And of course mm-hmm. got called out for that. So it just seems like she has not figured out social media. It just, it just feels like it went from bad to worse. Yeah. I think a lot of these decisions, I don't know, in some ways feel short-sighted, right? Because she really is capping her fan base at people who loved her previously and will just stay loyal no matter what. Like, she's not gaining any new fans, you know? Um, And she's probably losing some of her previous fans in the process, like both you and me, you know? Mm -hmm. She got, I mean, just roasted on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen and Jeff Lewis, like sitting on the side, just loving the drama, right? Right. Roasted for, for exactly what you said, you know, claiming that this is a podcast that's original and not derivative in any way when it's literally called re lives and, you know, and, (laughs) and yeah, coming back to something that she has been saying is totally toxic. Andy roasted her live, loved it. Um, And these decisions that she's been making with respect to the beauty reviews, I just, first of all, I would love to know when she started getting paid because there are very clear laws around disclosing paid partnerships. And if there was any amount of time where she was paid and not disclosing them, that's just straight up illegal. And I would like the FTC to look into it. Um, (laughs) And then otherwise, if not, just, yeah, it's a little bit too obvious, you know, like we all knew that. There was no way you were just doing these makeup videos for fun. Yeah. Maybe good on you that it was it was so obvious and yet it worked out. I don't know how much these endorsement deals are for. Right. But like, are they going to have that long of a tail like, or that long of a life? Are you going to be a, a cover girl rep in 10 years from now? It doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how long this Rewives thing is really going to last either. 
And we know from your other podcasts that like podcasting isn't necessarily your thing. So (laughs) I just feel like these choices feel very uh, just short-sighted. Like they're not, they're not going to pay dividends in the long run. And so I feel sad that she hasn't quite found her post housewives footing. Um, well, she's still stumbling through. What's interesting to me is if you look back at what Meredith Lynch said that Bethany Mm -hmm. sent the cease and desist letter because of, she essentially said, you know, I've done some research and I see that like this, these, these things that Bethany is saying in her, in her reviews, she's actually trademarked some of them. So I think Mm -hmm. a business venture is coming. I don't think she's doing this just for the fun of it, just, you know, to be altruistic Mm -hmm. and help you guys figure out what makeup to buy. There's a business Mm -hmm. venture coming, right? That's what she said. Now, whether she was Mm -hmm. right about all the details, it was obviously, it was her opinion. She wasn't like, this is facts. She was just like, look, me putting two and two together, looks like something's coming down the pipeline. And lo and behold, a business venture came down the pipeline. Now, right now it's just a paid partnership, but again, her underlying point that you weren't just doing this for funsies was correct. And to me, the reason you sent the cease and desist letter is because you felt like, you know, she, she poured water, uh, you know, on your parade basically. And, 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 you know, you wanted it to be a surprise that (laughs) we're going to eventually start making money off of these reviews. Um, And she was, and she wasn't buying it. And I, you know, I just, to me, makes me think, uh, it makes me have even more respect for Meredith Lynch. And it just makes okay. Bethany look even worse because you weren't sending her a cease and desist letter because she was potentially hurting your name or defaming you, which is what you tried to say. You sent it because you were embarrassed that, you know, she figured out your game. I right. I just, yeah, I, yeah, bad decisions all the way. Oh, oh, and by the way, I listened to the first episode of Rewives. Oh, you did? Like, wow. I did. I'm like allergic to not at least checking out the things that Bethany mm-hmm. does. Cause I was, I was such a big fan for so long and I'm still like mm-hmm. grasping at straws, trying to figure out if mm-hmm. I can still be a fan of hers. It was the most asinine, most ridiculous waste of my time. It, it, it just, I mean, no, not interesting and not, and completely derivative. So <laughs> strong do not recommend. I just also, for people who don't know the, the premise is she recaps like major housewives events with, celebrity guests but they're so random it's like they're jerry Springer, so who mm-hmm. how old is he now and then um a homegirl from handmaid's Elizabeth, tale elizabeth moss that's the one i listened to so she was she was obviously her biggest get so that's right. why that was the first episode but she didn't let elizabeth moss say anything it was just bethany you know rambling right. the whole time right and, and also the thing about if you're a person who likes to listen to, you know, recap uh, podcasts, and I, I generally don't, but one of the reasons that it can be interesting is because, like, you're listening in real time to the the episodes mm-hmm. that are coming out in real time. And, like, mm. I get why that is an interesting thing to do because you just watched it and you have thoughts. And so now you get to listen to other people share their thoughts. She's talking about episodes from four, five, six, seven years ago. Like, right. I, like I don't, I don't even remember half the stuff that she was talking about from that episode because I watched it seven years ago like right it was very bizarre very bizarre oh bethany i don't know 
Yeah. We, good luck, girl. We wish good luck. We wish you the best. We really yeah. we'd like to see you rise again. A phoenix from the ashes. Make it happen, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 for our next update, we're taking a trip down to Broadway. So for the theater nerds out there, you may recall that Sarah Porkalob, an actor in the musical revival of 1776, had some very negative things to say about the show and the directors in an interview with Vulture. And she said all this while the show was still live on Broadway, while she was in the live show. So, you know, I remember you and I both thought this was a fairly poor display of judgment, though I think you were a bit more generous in your assessment at the time. (laughs) What is the update here? Okay, well, Sarah's interview, you know, may not have been the musical's ultimate downfall, but it didn't help. Uh, Here is a direct quote from AM New York, um, an article that was released yesterday titled, The Most Disappointing Broadway Shows of 2022. Okay, number two is 1776. Uh, A considerable amount of thought and enterprise went into this gender-reversed Broadway revival, but in the end, it proved to be overwhelmingly heavy-handed, problematic, and frustrating, especially in the -the over-the-top manner that many of the songs and characters were reconceived. It may end up being best remembered for an unbelievable magazine interview in which co-star Sarah Porkalov candidly criticized the show and its directors. End quote. Um, (laughs) Yes, that is probably what we will remember the show for. And I I haven't checked, you know, one of the things that Sarah said in her interview was, she took this job in part to, you know, gain some more Instagram followers. I haven't checked her following. Maybe, maybe it's increased. Maybe she got what she wanted. Um, but she definitely didn't help the show. And so here again, I think judgment stands. What do you think? A hundred percent judgment stands. I don't know if she got herself any more followers, but I do know this show is closing. And so another <laughs> thing, she, another thing she said in the interview was, you know, she wanted the show for the paycheck. Well, ma'am, the paycheck is gone. So mm. I really just don't see how this little interview served her needs. Um, and it was essentially the thing that most people remember now about the show was how its own actors said it was bad. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't think it was good judgment. Judgment stands 100 percent. Yeah. We'll see if she ever gets cast in anything again. I don't see how it's possible, given that this is this is what she'll be remembered for. <laughs> okay, let's do one more. Recently, we asked if Drake exhibited good or bad judgment when he included a diss towards Megan Thee Stallion in his new album with 21 Savage. His lyric essentially suggested that Megan Thee Stallion was lying about being shot by Tory Lanez. Ultimately, we said it was bad judgment. What's the update here? There is an update. Well, Danny, we were 1,000% correct because Meg has been vindicated. Once and for all, the court found Tory Lanez guilty of all charges, all right? Every mm-hmm. last one. And that man is going to jail, okay? So anyone, all of her naysayers, everyone who had something to say, all of you Twitter warriors talking about, oh, she lied about this, that, and the third. No, 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 no. She, first of all, wasn't on trial. You know who was on trial? Tory Lanez. And you know where <laughs> that man's going? To jail. So uh, I just, you know, yes, our judgment stands. Bad judgment on Drake's part. 
this is an amazing day and amazing news for Megan Thee Stallion getting, you know, the justice that she deserves. So that's where I am on that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, in general, I don't get super excited about guilty sentences, but for violent crime like this and for someone who is committing an act of violence against a woman, I will uh, I will be happy about it and I will be happy about our judgment. So we were right. And you know what? We, if you reflect on these updates, you might say, "Did you guys cherry pick? Did you guys cherry pick your judge and jury segments <laughs> to pick those where you were right?" And the answer is like, not necessarily, because there are plenty others where we were right. I mean, look at Musk; he's not CEO anymore. Even my mother, even my mother, came up to me a couple of days ago and said, "New, new means well in Russian." So she goes, "New, Danny, can you believe it?" He put up a poll. He's not CEO. Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing after all. And I'm like, yes, thank you. And we could just end this conversation because somehow we'll still end up arguing at the end of it, despite you conceding. <sighs> yeah. I mean, we're just, we're I, just really good at this. I think we're just, I think we're good at this. I, I agree. I think that you and I experience or, or exhibit good judgment in judging the judgment of others. So, yeah. <laughs> I think we're yeah. Just, yeah. We're good at it. Okay. Well, before we go, since this is our last episode of 2022, I thought it might be nice for us both to share what we're some things we might be looking forward to discussing and digging into in 2023, mm. and maybe even give a few predictions for who we suspect we'll be seeing good or bad judgment from next year. So do you want to kick us off? I will say, you know, I think um, there's still much to be seen about how economics will impact businesses of all shapes and sizes in 2023. Obviously, the macroeconomic environment has not been great in 2022. Um, and while it seems like the Fed is cooling on interest rate hikes, which is generally good for business, um, I don't think anyone is predicting like a sudden, a sudden positive change. So I think that's going to continue to have, you know, effects throughout the business world. Um, more specifically, um, I, let's see, good or bad judgment. I'm excited to stop talking about Musk as much. I think we are just beginning to see his downfall, uh, yes. you know, no longer CEO of Twitter, I think we'll be seeing some changes with Tesla um, in 2023. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that is an, a, a prediction I will stand by. Um, what else? Well, we're going to be gearing up towards election, talking about the 2024 election, which I think the U.S. is the longest, um, has the longest, like, campaign tale of mm -hmm. any of any country. So mm -hmm. that is always interesting. Um, I predict Biden will run again, despite many in the Democratic Party not wanting him to run again. Um, and that shall be interesting. I suspect Trump will. We know he's running again. I don't think he'll win the nomination, I think, for the Republican Party. I think DeSantis will. Um, and that will be hard for all of America. <laughs> in my view. So, and we'll see what happens. I think there's going to be a lot of focus on that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Otherwise, 
to businesses in the middle. What I mean by that is businesses who are catering to consumers who are not super high end, but also not like underserved, I think in macroeconomic downturns, that's, that's the place where consumers pull back and businesses that are catering to those folks that are not essential struggle. Mm-hmm. So those are my predictions. What do you think? Well, those predictions all make sense to me. In terms of things I'm looking forward to discussing, I got to say, I really enjoyed our Broadway episode and Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to doing a few more episodes, uh, you know, tied to the arts because, you know, as we've spoken about, we've met doing acapella. We are both theater nerds. um, And I think it's very easy to focus in on, you know, tech and what's happening on Wall Street and like the big, big guns uh, when it comes to the business world. But, you know, a lot of business and business deals gets done in arts and entertainment. And so I'd love to spend more time Mm. discussing that. You know, we've never done an episode on the whole shakeup we're seeing um, with streamers versus like Mm. movie theaters and what the future of cinema is going to look like. Um, And while that subject has been spoken about ad nauseum, I don't know if it's been spoken about about from two people like us. So I I -hmm. would love to dig more into that side of business. Um, And in terms of predictions on who's going to be exhibiting good or bad (laughs) judgment, I mean, I completely agree. Musk is going to continue to exhibit bad judgment. And I think we're going to see, and we're going to continue to see that play out and have real effects, at least on his titles. Now, is it going to mm-hmm. affect his personal wealth or his personality? Probably not, <laughs> mm-hmm. but his titles, probably so. Um, so I think we're going to continue to see bad judgment there. Um, and from a market perspective, I mean, I'm just really nervous about next year seeing some of our startup darlings um, maybe not make it because mm-hmm. the market is so tough, because access to capital is so tough. That makes me nervous. I think startups end up being the most vulnerable because most of us, you know, have one to two year runways at any given time in terms of cash mm-hmm. on hand. And we rely on accessing outside capital to keep going. And all of us have taken steps to, not all of us, but many of us have taken steps to uh, reduce our cash burn and things like that. But are those steps going to be enough? I mean, I think 2023 is going to uh, is going to be a bit of a reckoning for some companies. So I'm not excited about that by any means. And I'm hoping that, you know, we all pull through, but I do think we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to learn, we're going to see some potentially upsetting things in, in, in startup land. Um, and then I, and then the other thing I think we're going to finally have to talk about that we've never spoken about is cryptocurrency and I'm not excited Ugh. about it, <laughs> but I think it's going to be unavoidable. So those are my predictions. Um, Well, we can talk about crypto. I mean, I am in financial (laughs) regulation. That is my background. And so I have spent many, many years talking about crypto with lawyers, many of whom like really need to understand and really are not capable of understanding how... (laughs) blockchain or distributed ledger technology works um, just because it's the type of thing that like kind of feels mathy, which like a lot of lawyers don't do well. 
with. Um, so we can get into it. Um, and I, I will be happy to, I will. Yeah. I, I get, I don't sound happy, but I will be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. You can write that show outline because I will be the equivalent of all your other lawyer friends. Like girl, what? I'm just going to read, I'm just going to actually read the book Blockchain for Babies, which is a real book that Asher has in his library, okay? (laughs) This is a ball. (laughs) That's how it starts. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, folks, not only is that it for this week, but that's a wrap on this year. We hope that you have loved all the episodes we brought you in 2022. We hope you're going to love all the episodes we bring you in 2023. And if you're enjoying yourself, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And be sure to follow us on social. I'm Danny DMC on TikTok and KJ is I'm KJ Miller. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>